technology is the most powerful change in the world of education. Everything changes. Welcome to the Emerging Technologies in Education podcast, delivered to you by Clever Books Company. Dear listeners, welcome to the Emerging Technologies in Education podcast series, and I'm welcoming Ian, our guest today. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hi there. Yes, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm standing here in the sunshine for once, having had a storm last night. So I'm, I'm feeling really good and very happy today. Pleased to be here. <laughs> That's brilliant. So nice to have you here as well. So really happy that you are well and you're welcome to share all your ideas and thoughts. And I'm going to give you the word now to introduce yourself, tell where you're coming from, your background, the country, anything you can tell about yourself. Okay, so my name is Ian Grove Stevenson. I'm here in the UK. Um, my thing is I run yakapaka.com, which is the leading formative assessment service for the UK and for thousands of British schools around the world. Uh, so what we do essentially is if you, you're running a class and you've got a topic test or an end of unit test or anything like that, it's quite possible you're already running it through Yakapaka. Uh, if not, you certainly could be. Um, for, low cost, for low usage, it's free anyway, and it saves an enormous amount of teacher time. So that's, that's me. Thank you very much, and nice meeting you. So as I said, really welcome to the podcast series. And first thing I want to ask you, how do you feel about using technology in education in the classroom? Well, the, the interesting thing about education, in, in, about technology in the classroom is just how old it is. If you think about what is the definition of education, one definition is it is the application of technology to learning. So it, it, looking back, not into history, but into prehistory, the earliest cave paintings in Europe, the Chauvet in France, 30,000 years old. And what are they? They are teaching. They're teaching, presumably, kids how to hunt. Diagrams, where to stand, all of that sort of thing. And the technology they're using is pigments and brushes. That's, that's how they're presenting it. Now, that, in the context of 30,000 years ago, that's high tech. So you can't separate technology from education. Education is the application of technology to learning. Now, if you think about more modern technology, the situation isn't really quite so rosy. There's a serious mismatch between the technology we have and the style of education we use. The school system that we use here in the UK was, is, basically took its form in 1870 with the, um, the 1870 Education Act. And that defined, well, it didn't define, but it set up the classroom and kids sitting in rows and, and all of that kind of thing. And it worked very well with the technology of the Victorian era. But by 1922, it had already started to fall behind. The BBC was already broadcasting regular broadcasts from London. And education could have embraced that technology of radio, but it flirted with it. But it never, never really did anything with it. And it's been falling behind progressively ever since. 1922. Now, come up to the present day, you've got some incredible digital technologies. We've got AI, we've got VR, we've got all these amazing things. But the only people who are using them to full effect are the autodidacts, the people who aren't in school, who are actually teaching themselves. 
and they're making full use of all that kind of thing. But those of us who are trapped, who are working in the system, and this includes me, unfortunately, are trapped by the system's rules, and those rules prevent us from using technology in the way that it should be used. So I see enormous potential, and I feel hugely frustrated at how little of that potential is being realized at the moment. I think it was a great um, throwback into the history and like how Gradius developed with the uh, use of technology. Mm. And you are absolutely right with that because technology is actually in our everyday life. We just don't perceive it as technology as such because, exactly. you know, any mobile phone or any application installed to the mobile phone, anything that was like back 10 years ago, something that um, was unusual for us and now we're using it as like everyday life same like alarm on the mobile phone um where we're about many years ago we just had you know just normal alarm clock yeah. So, um, yeah it's absolutely amazing how life is changing and how technology is changing our life and i think it's actually also the point when technology is going to touch the education at some point and we're going to feel it normal using technology in the classroom. Um, I have another question to you. Sure. And, uh, what do you think about some maybe specific technologies you would refer to that will um, enhance the education process? Maybe something um, like automating the teacher's work or maybe 3D printing or mixed reality or anything that you think is going to be beneficial for the classroom and why? The single most important one is the good old-fashioned database. That's not to say that, that VR and 3D printing and, and, and those things aren't fantastic, because they are. But when you look at what's actually going on in schools, teachers are spending something like a third of their time just doing basic admin tasks. And the reason that they're doing those basic admin tasks is that they do them all still on paper. Or if they don't do them on paper, they might be doing them into a spreadsheet, but they're still using that spreadsheet as essentially like a piece of paper. Now, all of that work needs to be automated, not just, not just digitized, not just have them do it, do the same thing onto a screen instead of onto a piece of paper, but have it completely automated, gather that data directly from source. So the source in this case being the kids, we have machines take the, um, the, the, the kids' output, which is typically writing or, or drawing or something like that, and the machines then need to be handling that data, um, grading it, um, discovering things within it, doing all of those things that, that computers are very, very good at, and taking all of that work away from the teacher and leaving the teacher free to actually teach. So my, my thesis is that the most important a piece of technology, if you like, in the classroom is still the teacher. So what do we do to make the, give the teacher the freedom to actually, actually teach instead of doing admin or um, classroom control or all of these other things? Well, we automate that stuff. And the technology you use to do that is just a database. Nothing, I was going to say nothing more complex. Databases are hugely complex, but, but, but nothing, um, more exciting if you like than that just something really quite prosaic that's the most important technology i like your point that teacher is the main uh, technology in the classroom and i think it always will be like this because a part of human interaction and i think the role of the teacher in the classroom is being the facilitator of the yes. whole process yeah and being the uh, um the one who is saying like okay guys i think 
this technology or this particular tool will be uh, something that help you out to understand the subject more or help you out to be more interested and engaged in what you're learning. So I think you are, you're totally right on that point. The teacher is and will always be and was as well uh, the main uh, the main part of the classroom and the main tool and the main technology in the classroom. That's yes. right. Yeah. Um, and um, if we are talking about um, maybe like you're you're in the world of technology, is there any specific resources you're following in terms of uh, getting kind of your feet on what's going on in the world of technology? Is there something that you can share? Uh, some blogs or videos that you're watching. Um, no, there's no, there's no one thing. And I think, I think possibly that's the important point that we are surrounded by enormous amounts of information. And I find it much more useful to get a broad view and go looking for just all kinds of stuff. And to some extent, letting things come to me to some extent, using tools like LinkedIn to, to let other people bring stuff to me. Uh, there's no there's no one thing that 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 has the answer if you like it's much better to use the fact that we have access to enormous amounts of information and for the first time we have access to information that has not been filtered by let's say just one editor as might be the case if if you were using a magazine instead you have access to a, a vast spectrum of views and thoughts and opinions very frequently contradicting each other that that allows you to get a much much richer appreciation of what's going on and, and perhaps significantly what is not going on and if we are like as far as i know you are totally engaged in talking to schools and mm -hmm. to educators when you're working when you're trying to engage them on using your technology very much so yes yeah i would like to hear your opinion on um how do they perceive when you come up and say like listen guys this is the tool that will help you with the a b and c how do how do they perceive you do you do they the majority say um yeah we would love to try it out or they say like oh no 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 we want to use to use the old-fashioned traditional methods we use where where teachers are coming from is that they have a job to do and they and they're working on a, a very short time horizon and those of us who are uh, promoting technology we very often tend to in fact nearly all of us want the world to be different from the way it is you, you know i have a personal hatred of the exam system i think it's completely inappropriate but that doesn't help teachers so if you go to them and say we've got this amazing technology their first question is yes but it does it is it the technology that does what i have been told to do today and very often it isn't uh, i'll give you an example um, i've had teachers coming to me many many times in the past saying um, in we've got all these amazing results in yakapaka we want to print them out please and, and i say why why would you ever print them out what is the conceivable function of, of printing these out you have them here on screen and you can share them instantly with anyone you know press of a button gives you gives you all the sharing you want uh, and the answer is yes but we've been told by our management that we must have results printed on paper in big paper files sitting in our classroom ready to be inspected at any moment uh, and so they unless you are prepared 
to make sure that your technology dovetails 100% with the 19th century methods that teachers are required to use, then you're not going to succeed. So it is not how do teachers perceive it, that the problem is, is with us suppliers. How do we perceive it and how much are we prepared to, how hard are we prepared to work to dovetail with the requirements that are put on teachers, even when those requirements are by general agreement completely crazy. So you are meeting kind of, uh, I believe, both uh, types of people that will say, I am totally into technology and I am against uh, technology in the classroom no no i've never met anyone who says they're against technology in the classroom never ever ever um, there are people who are enthusiastic for technology for technology's sake and there are people who just want a tool that does the job i've never met anyone who rejects a tool simply because it is a more technical tool than the one they're using um, i used to meet people who are somewhat afraid of technical tools but i think that that's that was 10 years ago that's that's not now um, the the main thing is the tools must do the job at hand there is no use it's no use giving them a tool that would do the job that they ought to be doing in a perfect world that's good to hear that you don't need those people and if in the imaginary situation you're going to meet such a person who will say like listen ian i know technology is maybe good However, I don't feel like using it in the classroom for myself mm -hmm. uh, because I am, it's outside of my comfort zone and I don't feel like I'm going to benefit from it. What do you normally tell those people? Oh, I would give them a hug, I expect. <laughs> <laughs> and how do, you, how do you persuade them on going and using the technology then? Good, good heavens, I wouldn't try. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to persuade people in that way. Um, firstly, I don't think it's, it's my place. And, and secondly, uh, I'm quite certain I don't have that, that much persuasive skill. You know, there are, there are always, there, there, you know, if, if you look at diffusion of innovation theory, there are always people who, who will grab a new technology just because it's there. And at the other end of the scale, there are people who, uh, who, who will, will duck out and, and avoid it. Uh, they come along in their own good time. There's, there's absolutely no reason to go pushing them. The, the, the problem in any case is not with the classroom teachers. The, the problem is persuading the school management that a more efficient way of working will actually help them balance their school budget, will help them get better results with their kids, will help them make the school a happier place. It's not the classroom teachers who are the problem at all. That's an interesting point. Sometimes we do hear that uh, classroom teachers are maybe are going into using the technology in the classroom and taking this chance. And even if it's outside their comfort zone, they still have the feeling that they're not supported well by the management of the school. And interesting enough that the, such ideas are coming um, definitely from the uh, teachers themselves, because we're talking to many teachers as well. And uh, we really hope that in the future, uh, management of the school will see the benefit of using technology in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And one more, one more question I have to you. Sure. Uh, taking the advantage you're in the UK, uh, how do you personally feel 
the landscape of education is moving in which direction um, in the UK in the next um, five, ten years? Is it like more going to be technological and digital for the education or is it going to be kind of stable and um, like any ideas you have on that? In terms of what's happening in schools in the UK, uh, the news is generally not good. We have a, a government that doesn't really understand education and that seems determined to push education into appearing to look in some way traditional because that is going to get them more votes, I think. Uh, the mere fact of political intervention in education is nearly always negative. And the specific political intervention we're getting is pushing us back into a 1950s model, which, which is not serving the kids at all and does not serve the future of the nation. So that's very bad. What's really interesting though, and I, I think holds a lot of promise for the future, is you may have read that um, enrollment in higher education has gone down very considerably over the last few years. And one should ask what's going on there. Now, the immediate driver of it is that tuition fees are going up and up and up and students are being required to pay them themselves. So the immediate driver is simply financial. But there's another side to this, which is that more and more and more um, young people are leaving school and saying, actually, I can educate myself from here on. I can, I can sign up to a MOOC, I can um, use some little app like um, Duolingo if I'm into learning a language. I can, I can find the learning resources I need and I don't need to have them pre-packaged for me by a university. In other words, the amount of learning that's going on is as, uh, probably higher than ever, but it's no longer being taken in this pre-packaged format of the university. Now, the reason why that's good is that we are starting to develop this generation of autodidacts, people who take charge of their own learning. And those are the people who will be lifelong learners, and those are the people who will drive the economy forward. We also get the benefit that students who, kids who don't want to go to university, don't need to take A levels, which are the end of school qualification and these are a very very old-fashioned qualification that most educators agree are long past time they were put out to grass schools are stuck with them because they are they are the doorway to university well if no one wants to go to university then no one wants a levels and that opens the way to some much newer better more modern and more exciting routes to qualification uh, that's that's kind of a, a long-term view, 10 years out at least. But I think it, it shows an exciting possibility for how school education might develop in the future and might escape this 19th century straitjacket that it's stuck in at the moment. This is a very interesting idea you've just shared. Um, I have heard uh, from uh, several educators I was talking to recently that um, the education um, content that, are, that is currently delivered in schools and also in the universities is out of date. And until yes. the person finishes the course, actually the skills and the knowledge they get is so much out of date because of the technology 
um, and the post-industrial revolution we're in, that they cannot apply that anymore to the jobs they select. That's right, yes. And also there's an interesting thought that um, kids that are currently at schools and will be graduating, for example, in 2020, it is not clear which jobs are going to be in 2020 and if they're going to be ready for those jobs. And maybe technology is the key to uh, get them ready for those new jobs that, that are not existing at this point of time. Exactly. It's not, it's not merely the technology that is the key. It's, it's that we have to accept that a job based on knowledge isn't, or jobs based on, on static knowledge aren't going to be around for very much longer. That what we need to be developing is we need to be developing um, not merely skills but meta skills, the, the, the skills of you know learning, learning to learn type skills, learning to communicate type skills, thinking skills, those kinds of things. Now, bizarrely, those are the traditional strengths of, of, of a British education. It is you know learning the, the right attitudes and, and those sorts of things and that has been lost by recent pressure to learn more and more and more knowledge we we need to get back to those dare i say it, traditional values of 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 attitudes and ways of thinking being developed through education and we need to get away from from the knowledge itself and to do that I, sounding like a stuck record here we need to abandon the old exam system i've written quite extensively on, on this uh, 14 centuries old system that that is is overdue for retirement and we need to replace it with a, a totally new route to qualifications qualifications that are based on meta skills and that are assessed through continuous low stakes assessment if we can develop those meta skills then with or without technology, kids will be ready for the jobs of the future, whatever those jobs may turn out to be. That's a such a bright and insightful idea. I like that very much. So thank, thank you. you, thank you, Ian, so much. I think that um, this podcast is full of insights and ideas for the educators to think on and also to get hands-on on all the resources that are promoting developing those meta skills and uh, the soft, soft skills that uh, will help kids uh, to be ready for the future because it's um, so uncertain due to all this revolution in technology sector. And uh, I really hope that um, technology education will definitely deliver um, the uh, preparation uh, that kids are required uh, to be um, for the future jobs. Well, thank you too. Um, it's, I completely agree. That is the way forward. Um, and I hugely enjoyed doing this podcast with you, Daria. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, Ian. My pleasure. Everything changes.